Welcome to Blind Shovel, an arts and music podcast. Today I speak with illustrator Allison Dubois. Enjoy. Yo. Hey, what's good? Everything is good. Really? Yeah, yeah, everything. Oh, I'm so happy to hear it. <laughs> what are you up to? Uh, what am I up to? I don't know. I just got home a bit ago. I'm unemployed right now, so. Um, Why is that? Because the animation industry is falling apart? Yeah, that could have a part of it. Or I just suck and no one wants to hire me anymore. I don't know. Okay. Who knows? Oh, you <sighs> were pre- I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram. You were previously the art director for Tuca and Bertie. Correct. Yeah. Is that Does that still exist? No, no, no. That's why previously. We had three seasons. Three short. And, and how long ago was that? Um... I think season three ended last year, last July. Yeah. And so, so now what? Oh, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I've done some other art direction for projects, um, and I was working on a show right until the writers' strike, and then the writers struck, and we got we got canned. So, yeah. And so what do you do during the day? Um, I do my own art. Um, I've been focusing on a lifelong dream of doing endurance riding with my horse. So I've been doing that a lot <laughs> during the day. Um, what is that? Endurance uh, riding? Endurance riding, yeah. So we do, like, distance. Um, it's not really racing. I guess technically it's a race, but uh, I'm not really competitive. So we do technically endurance is anything over 50 mile, 50 mile ride. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've been doing that. We did our first 50 last month. We did really good. Um what does that mean? You, you ti- the timing was good. The the timing, his uh, his like ability and like health. They have vet checks kind of throughout the ride, um, so they make sure the horse is you know eating, drinking, not dehydrated, not lame. Um, you know, still has energy to keep going. Basically, if your horse is fit to continue, like can keep going, then you've mm-hmm. finished the ride. Um, so we did that and yeah, I'm so proud. (laughs) And this was a lifelong dream. Um, I mean, definitely horse ownership was a lifelong dream. I got into endurance maybe like 10 years ago. Um, and then once I knew what endurance was, then that became the dream to do it with my own horse. 
And uh, yeah, I've been working on that for like the past three years. And this horse is born in California? I think he was born in Arkansas. He's a rescue, so his past is a little shady, but um, he has, uh, like, he's been registered and the breeder was in Arkansas. Um, And then he ended up in California through, I don't know, I think he got passed around through a couple of rescues. But I got him here in California, yeah. And this horse thing has been going on since you were very little? Yeah, I started riding when I was 10. But, I mean, as long as I can remember, I've loved horses, I guess. Lifelong horse girl. And did the art or the horses come first? Hmm. In, respe- in respect to your identity as a, oh, as man. a child? Um, hmm. Probably, you know... I don't remember that far back. I would say probably hand in hand. I'm sure like the first thing I was drawing was was horses. So, yeah. And do you know, is, and is that weird that you worked on BoJack Horseman? <laughs> it is a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I, that's pretty weird. I got that job through Lisa Hannawalt, kind of. Um, she got me like in for a test. And I know Lisa from horses. So I guess it kind of make sense but yeah a little bizarre if i recall correctly that was the first thing you worked on in animation um 2d animation yeah i worked on a stop motion project in san francisco in like 2011 uh hmm. it was a henry Selick um stop motion project that never got released that also got canned um but yeah i was doing uh painting painting for that movie which was so fun so much work goes into those i don't know what you're talking about but i'll have to check it out um it was called the oh my gosh sorry oh boy who's that three dogs we have three dogs in one (laughs) yeah a three-headed dog. Three synch- <laughs> She's just out Synchronized so dog. I'm going to close. I don't know what to do, actually, because if I close the door, she's still going to bark. Um, I, we'll just have to live with it. Yeah. It's all right. Sorry. No pop filter can take that. Um, what were we talking about? Stop motion? Uh, yeah, what, what you worked on. I, I guess I, I never knew about that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, um, it was called Cinderbiter was the um, the studio name. Um, it was about two brothers. Um, one brother had very long fingers, and he was good at doing shadow puppets. And honestly, I think that was all that was um, kind of established, which I think may be part of the reason why we never got to finish making the movie. There was like a lot of rewrites all the time. And I had been working there for a year. Um, yeah, it was a bummer though. It was a really, really beautiful film. And I mean, what we had shot was really cool. All the stuff we were working on was really gorgeous and interesting. And yeah, it was a bummer. I hate, I hate when I'm working on something that I really love and then no one gets to see it or we don't get to finish it. It's a bummer. Yeah, I can't imagine that. It's one of the reasons I never even entertained working animation. Yeah. It's just, uh, it seems actually quite common what you're describing. 
Yeah, I feel like more, more so now in like the past, you know, two years. Heard there's kind of like ebbs and flows in the industry, and I'm pretty new to it, so it seems like we're in a we're in one of the darker times. But yeah, it's frustrating. And you went to school for animation or illustration? I don't recall. Illustration. And you naturally found your way into animation as an industry? Kind of, yeah. Um, I was doing some works at galleries when I graduated and trying to... I did a lot of um, like self-published comics and stuff, was going to a lot of comic fairs and trying to get into editorial illustration and never really managed to pull that off. Um, and then when I moved to San Francisco... Um, I found the the painting gig through a, a friend who also went to RISD. Um She passed that along to me. And, yeah, started working there, was there for a year. Um, and then once that shuttered, a lot of people went down to L.A. Um, and I stayed in the Bay Area for a few years. I worked at, like, art, art school libraries and SF MoMA Library and was doing some freelance stuff and... Um, yeah, then once I moved down to L.A., I got into TV animation. Yeah, I recall now that you worked in that gallery that was kind of a store as well. What was it called? Uh, Double Punch. Oh, yeah, that certainly can't exist anymore, right? You know what? I don't know. Let me look it up. Um... Yeah, it closed in 2014. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, you were in some shows there. Because of you, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what are you so up you've, to? Uh, all sorts of things. Are you still in New Jersey? New York, New Jersey? Yeah, I'm in the dark in New Jersey. Nice. In, in a room. <laughs> <laughs> but... I like to stay focused on the guests. Oh, sorry. Yeah, how dare you. So, uh, this sounds kind of doom and gloom. So you're unemployed, but you're following a lifelong dream. Yeah. So that's cool. It is cool. And, and your horse seems to be famous on Instagram in some way. Yeah, we got, uh, we got some followers on, on Instagram. And, and he makes, what, what's going on there? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what, he, has, he has a personality? Oh, yeah. Um, what's, what's, I don't really know horses. I respect horses, but I, I don't feel, know them very well. You know, they're all different. I feel like a lot of people are kind of surprised. You, like, see them in the movies, and they're just, like, you know, the characters just kind of ride them around, and they're just they're kind of portrayed as vehicles that just, like, whinny and just, you know do whatever sure. their human tells you, but they're all, I mean, just like cats or dogs, they're all very different. He's very, um, he's, he's very goofy. He's very clever. Um, but he's also kind of introverted. Um, the breed is known for being kind of, um, hot, they call it like kind of, um, anxious and like, Worried. I mean, horses in general are that, but this breed kind of more so. 
And he is that, but he like internalizes all that stress. So instead of like running around and like expressing himself that way, he'll just kind of like stand still and like hold it all in, (laughs) which, um, I guess if you don't know about horses, you assume like he's just a chill dude, but he's really just internalizing all that stress. So, which is kind of what I do. So I've been working on both of us to like kind of co-regulate and express it in a, you know, uh, a healthier way. All our anxieties. Yeah. I can only imagine how you're doing that. Are you just, (laughs) what is that? How do you, like, what are you imagining? (laughs) Like he's going full speed and you're just screaming. (laughs) That's what I imagine. Um, no. Uh, what is it? It's like, how do you release? I mean, I, I might relate to this somewhat. So that's why I'm curious. I don't have a horse to guide me along the therapeutic path though. I think it's kind of the opposite. Like he gets anxious and he just kind of shuts down, like he'll stop moving. So for me, I have to like acknowledge that he's feeling that way. So like, not like, um, if I want him to go forward and he's anxious, he like won't go forward. So I kind of acknowledge that he's feeling the anxiety by like, stop asking him, kind of like give him a pat or like divert his attention and then ask again and kind of reward when he's moving if that makes sense sure it's very there's oh my god i could go on for forever about this how long have you you been in a relationship with this horse um i got him three and a half years ago he was my covid like (laughs) uh, a splurge uh yeah purchase you took all that tax well, they gave us money, right? What, I get like $100? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a horse costs. I assume a lot more than that. No, he was but, he was a rescue, so he wasn't expensive. But, yeah, it's they're a little more than that, yeah. How many horses have you had He's real not, relationships with before him? Um, probably one or two. I leased a horse for a while when I was in the Bay Area. Um, but that's weird. Is it? I don't know. It's just weird to think about leasing. A, I'm not, I'm not a leaser of animals, you know, I've yeah. actually my, my cat is in the room here, but I know a horse is completely different, but I guess fostering is a form of uh, leasing. Yeah. In a sense. I guess lease is kind of the word they use in, you know, the horse world, but really I was just, I had a friend who had a horse who needed the horse to be ridden more than she could ride. So I would go and ride her horse. I guess we just shared it. It wasn't like I was paying to ride it or something, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. are you riding this horse most of the time? I'm trying to imagine your current unemployed state and, and the, the level of horsery going on. Yeah, I go, I go to the barn every day. We don't ride every day, but probably three to four times a week. We try and do like 15 to 25 miles every week. When you're away from art or horses, which do you end up missing more? That's, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I think, 
I think it's easier to get the art fix. So maybe horses. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, do you live near your horse? I'm, like, 15 minutes away. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's so is this is, like, a, a benefit. You still live in L.A., right? I'm in Orange County now, so a little further south. Orange County. Yeah, the beach, yeah. And you were working from there while doing animation? Yes, the first, um, well, I was in L.A. for when I worked on BoJack, three seasons of BoJack, and the first two seasons of Tuca and Birdie. And then... um, one of those seasons was during COVID, so we were all working from home. And then I moved down here two years ago, and I've been doing, yeah, the first year I was here, I was working remotely on animation projects. And so the majority of the portfolio is kind of based around this this world of Horseman and Tuca and Bertie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but you feel pretty comfortable within that. Like, it's a good fit, no? Stylistically, I, yeah, I think so. Um, Tuca and Birdie was serious, like a dream job. I think. Um, I think Lisa and I have a lot of similar sensibilities, and I really love her work. So it was cool to be asked to art direct that project and have some freedom with that. It was very, very cool. And how does it come that it gets canceled? I don't know anything about the. Like, is this a viewership issue? Is this a, what's the, what's the deal? That's, you know, I don't even know if anyone other than the people who made that decision know. I think, well, first we got, after season one, we were on Netflix for season one. After that season, we were canceled from Netflix. And then we ended up getting picked up from a, uh, by Adult Swim. I think really? Net- Netflix said that it was a viewership um, issue. Um, and yeah, so we had two seasons with Adult Swim after that. Um, and I think possibly the Warner Discovery merger kind of affected um, us getting renewed after season three. But, you know, it's all speculation. You're not really. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, internally speaking, you're just humming along and then suddenly the thing stops happening? Or is there a clear, well, this is a cheesy way to put it in this context, a canary in the coal mine? Um, I don't think there is. We were, you know, we were working on the season. We hit uh, season three. We hit every deadline um, from what we had heard from the network. They really loved it we had made um you know it gets released and then you kind of wait to hear if you've been picked up for another season and then you just never you never hear so yeah Mm. kind of uh yeah so there's some weird emotional components to working at an animation studio it sounds like yeah a few (laughs) and by that i mean (laughs) it doesn't seem like you have a lot of clarity into the uh decision making at any level yeah uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a business. I don't think they want everyone knowing every decision. Um, sure. But, but yeah, it's a little frustrating. But I still, you know, I'll I'll work on another show. I I love working in animation. Even why do you little... think Why do you think that is? 
what does it allow you to do that say well editorial or comics these things don't provide um i like working collaboratively i don't think i used to but now that i've been doing it so much i really like it i like having um like i like having an idea of something and handing it off to someone who i trust and them returning it like better than i anticipated it or like mm. giving it their own personal spin that's always really cool um i like i feel like i don't know like when i do comics a lot of them are autobiographical which can be fun and you know it's a way to express myself but i like i like telling helping to tell other people's stories like i like kind of having an assignment which is also why i liked editorial like having an assignment and like me just kind of giving it my own spin instead of um, having to come up with the idea and like doing all those stages, just being kind of given the idea and then being able to do the design part, which I think is the most fun, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And so it took you time to understand that you liked working on a team? Yeah. I'm an only child. I'm very, I think I have some control issues. <laughs> um, so the first season of Tuca and Birdie, um, it was my first time art directing. I was still fairly new to animation. Um, I think I was a little, uh, yeah, a little overbearing and a little controlling, which bums me out looking back um but on the, also on the like, first on the first season how would that uh, manifest that that control um well part of it is also you know you're developing the look of an entire series so mm -hmm. you need you need like a clear vision um also i was just so excited to be doing this job and like working on such a fun project i like wanted to do everything Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have a background team and a character team and a props team, but I would still be like, like doing initial sketches for like every character and then like, you know, doing color keys for every background, you know, I was just so excited and I was doing too much. You have to like trust your team to do their job and you're there to guide them, but you're not there to do everything. That's not the job as an art director. So, yeah. So what is the job? Because I think sometimes it's confusing for people who don't who've never done it. And also I think being an art director, there's probably instances where it is quite different, just like being the director of a film can yeah. vary. So in respect to what you were doing, was it primarily developing the vi visual language with Lisa or was it? Yes, yeah. there was some like production design aspects. Like Lisa would still do initial sketches for some characters. She had like a very, um, distinct idea for, or I would do, you know, rough sketches for key environments and characters. Um, we work a lot with the episode directors as well, um, get their ideas of, you know, what they have in mind for an environment or, you know, a character. Um, also leaving some stuff for the storyboarders to come up with, you know, what kind of character works well for what gag, like, this character needs to have a long neck because it, you know, ties its neck into a knot. Like if I had drawn the character before they got, before they got to boards, that 
might not have necessarily happened, you know, so just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. allowing everyone to kind of put their own ideas and self into the project. Um, and as art director, just kind of um, answering questions and like giving reference and ideas, but also making sure everything works together, like um, like a character's color on a background, they're not gonna like disappear into the background or lighting keys, making sure everything fits together. Um, Cause I think a lot of times, you know, a background can look beautiful, but it might not necessarily work with other, you know, like a prop or a character, everything has to work together. So that's the main job I think I did as art director, mm. seeing the overall picture. And so I assume with any, like any collaboration, you learn what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yes. <laughs> so what yes. do you think in the end, after doing three seasons of that show, are your strengths? Oof. This is like a job interview. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is already stressful now. It's like totally so. Um, I think I have gotten good at um, choosing and trusting my design teams Mm. and uh, um, kind of assigning uh, assigning based on their strengths. Um, I think I also am good at thinking kind of outside the box like we had really tight constraints with budget and timeline um and i think we developed um kind of ways to make the show that were less time consuming or um cost more cost effective but also kind of amplified the message of the story if that makes sense sure sure like yeah um yeah it's kind of easy to get stuck once you have the kind of look of the show to just keep doing that but i think in Tuca and birdie we we worked outside of that a lot in every episode which was fun and produced something pretty unique i think it seems like it i mean i've never seen the show but looking at the stills on your website it looks like there was a lot of interesting Looks like some stop motion, but also some backgrounds that are just like textured more than drawn. Yeah, we had a whole episode where one of the main characters kind of lives in this night world, like she's kind of turned nocturnal. So there's a A story with one of the main characters and then we kind of switch into this B story where she's walking around at night and like every environment was was something new. So in order to pull that off, we just kind of did inverted line work on really dark backgrounds. So we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, coloring every new background. Right. Um, but it also created like this cool, I don't know, like feeling for that part of the episode. And I think that was one of our most successful episodes, which was cool. So it was like mm. we had this. Con- oh, go ahead. No, I was, that was a thing in my throat. Um, so... Is that like an idea you had come up with? I'm, I've never worked in this environment, so I'm kind of curious how, I don't know if ideas can be so clearly allocated to an individual, but 
in that instance, would that have been your idea that was implemented? Yeah. I mean, we have um, every episode, you know, we get the script and then we have, uh, we call it a pre-thumb meeting. So it's the episode director, the art director, the supervising director who oversees, you know, the entire series, and then the um, the producers. We all have a meeting together where we're trying to discuss, you know, the scope of the episode, um, any style, like special or stylized sequences, like that stop motion stuff you were talking about, um, anything that Lisa has like a very specific vision for, we'll talk about that together. And then in this instance for this episode, it was like, you know, we've calculated how many new, like given the script, we made a breakdown and, you know, there's going to be like 40 new backgrounds that needed to be drawn, but we only have the time and money to do 20. So like, how can Hmm. we make this possible? Um, So part of that is, you know, episode director being like oh you know we can probably combine these two backgrounds but it that wasn't enough so I did some like previs development for that episode where I was just like yeah we can just not do color for these new backgrounds if we if we you know design them this way and yeah right so just working within the constraints Mm -hmm. well that sucks that that ended it seems like a pretty wonderful job. It was, yeah, it was the best. <laughs> I miss it. I think about it a lot. I think everyone who worked on that show kind of, kind of misses working on it. It's really fun. And it's just, it's certainly dead. It's not potentially um, resurrected. I think the last I heard from Lisa also is that she's kind of uh, putting it to rest for a while I think for her especially it was very emotional and I think somewhat traumatic so just giving it some time maybe maybe it's not over but I think in this capacity for a bit well we're done with it and can you imagine your next job I have I have some prospects I mean I would love to keep art directing on a show that's um you know, appeals to my sensibilities and is smart and has a good team. And I don't want to just work on, you know, I would really love to work on a children's show, honestly. Mm. (laughs) Um, And that show is not for children, right? Yeah. I would say, yeah, thoroughly adult content. And the same would be true for BoJack. Yeah. I would say more so for BoJack. Mm -hmm. Adult themes in both of those. Yeah. So ideally a kid show, art directing a kid show. Yeah. I out of out of anim like the animation that's coming out now, I think I'm most attracted to kid shows, which is interesting. I also love children's books. I don't know. I I don't know what it is. I mean it, books, it makes I think sense. I know what it is, but did I hear you were also I was listening to one of your other interviews interested in doing a kid's book. That's true, yes. Um, Is that because it's, I don't know, more similar to a comic book mm, than? There's certainly that component, right? The interplay of text and images. Mm -hmm. There's also 
the fact that I have a stepdaughter and there's something, I mean, it's been said before, but children are obviously very open to ridiculous ideas mm-hmm. and it's also a very formative time. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a real challenge there in respect to, well, maybe yeah, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's that like you could maybe catch them before they're flooded with an infinite amount of stimuli by the time they reach like 10 years old, you know, bef- mm-hmm. before the internet crushes their sure. <laughs> like ability <Okay>. to just <laughs> like remember a single thing they've seen or read in an impactful way. I think so, that's earlier than ten now. I know. I don't. Oh. I don't want to get into that whole thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. there's a lot of things that appeal about a kid's book. I also see that market or that field as, and I could be wrong because I don't read them all the time. Um, just like kind of boring. And hmm. I look back to the kids' books that I read, and there were some real weird ones. And then I think about mm-hmm. Matt Fury's kids' book, and just like those kind of outliers. Mm-hmm. that give kids a little more credit and are maybe more willing to scare kids a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there's something appealing about that. Also, if I'm being frank, just like there's, they seem quicker most of the time than making a big comic book. Mm-hmm. I know that like I interviewed Matthew Forsyth and he takes quite a bit of time, obviously, because he makes very beautiful paintings, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think there's something very appealing. And if I ever had a kid of my own, my idea was always to make them a kid's book every year of their life. So they would oh, have like some weird <laughs> uh, m- memento on their birthday. Mm-hmm. And maybe even it would be about them and, and something that they do wrong or right. And, and then, yeah, when they're 18, they would have this weird catalog of of growing up. So I think more and more I try to, like, I know I'm probably going to make something weird, but I'm attracted to mediums that force me to marry that weirdness with something a little more acceptable, Mm -hmm. maybe less vulgar. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think hanging around kids when they draw is also super fun and you get to kind of see into one, just like the complete disregard they have for the actual material in the paper when they're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oftentimes they're just like crumpling it or throwing it. It could be a great drawing and it's just, it's definitely just about drawing. Yeah. And the power to basically control the rectangle, and but also develop a language before you can write. Mm-hmm. And... I often do find that people who drew when they were young a lot, they have a very different relationship to art as opposed to people who started to maybe connect with art intellectually in high school or something. Mm -hmm. And the drawers have a very specific hang up and, and baggage for better or for worse that I have always admired. Uh, And it could be like you said about being a control freak. I think there's absolutely that aspect. Like, if the world is chaotic, which is pretty much guaranteed to be around you, mm-hmm. being able to draw in just this controlled frame is is very appealing. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, I just think children are fascinating. And I don't know, there's this mundane quality to adults 
to me at the moment where they take things so seriously, but in the wrong way often. And, and I just like the idea of being able to escape that. I get that. Yeah. I also like, I think you asked what my dream job would be, but I think I want to get into to books again also, like artist books. And I kind of started in that realm and there's like a, I don't know, like a tactileness and also they feel, um, I don't know, more, not more personal, but it's like an experience you, you feel like you're kind of having directly with the artist when you're kind of like, that's why I like children's books because they play a lot with, or the ones I'm interested in, kind of play with like the form of the book it, itself. It's a little more... Um, interactive and engaging and you know you can like hold it right up to your face it feels very personal and does that make sense well are you are you talking about the ones that are all like crinkly and have texture and then they can like like there's early kids books that are insane where there's mirrors and and that's a whole nother and then they're like soft pa like pages so that they can't rip them now that you're talking like that, that's yeah, insane. like board yeah, books, there's like pop up books, there's I don't know, I'm looking at my I think pop up right books there's would like, be uh you should do some pop up books. I would love to. Or the ones that have the the pull tab. Oh those yeah. Are, those are wonderful. There's another one I'm thinking, I can't remember the title, but it has like holes through all the page oh, I don't know. There's so many good ones. Oh, it's called the hole. Oh well. um I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not vulgar, I promise. Um, yeah, there's another one I really like. I saw it at an art book fair in the Bay Area. It was all quilted. Like, it started as an artist book, but then they published it as, like, a paper children's book. That was really cool. Um, yeah, I can only imagine that, again, the children of the future will just be, like, bombarded with infinite... AI generated imagery that's constantly changing and stimulating and mm -hmm. to be able to make a thing that's more permanent mm -hmm. and feels real is going to become more and more appealing I hope could be naive but yeah, I hope so too I just can't even imagine people staying on the internet two years from now and trying to tell me that what they're seeing is actually real in respect yeah. to, to anything. Yeah. In respect to people who follow you or comment or news or this fake horse account that you made. <laughs> <laughs> My bullshit horse. <laughs> so yeah. I hope that and I know it's I know that's not gonna happen. I know I feel that there's gonna be like two really different groups of people, people who are just like all in and don't even know what a horse is, and then people mm -hmm. who I don't know. They want to go rural and and just die, you know, just mm -hmm. actually. <laughs> no. No, but I mean, like, because I'm imagining the other people are trying to, like, be immortal. Yeah. 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 I think I'm pretty cool with um, the former or the latter, whichever I said. I just mean, dying. like, dying. and Eventually, uh, yeah. And, like, just I was talking to Neve about it, like, just... I want to be able to prove to my grandkids, like I want to stop drawing on the tablet because they're just going to be like, you didn't draw that stuff in mm -hmm. 2023. 20, uh, that was all 
uh, that was AI generated. And I'll mm -hmm. be like, well, you know what? Actually, all I have is digital files, so I can't really refute yeah. that. So I want to have crumbling, yellowing pages of books when I'm 80, you know? Mm -hmm. And I want to be like thought of as a something novel because of that. That's interesting. So well, can you imagine? Kind of, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm interested because, uh, I don't know. I like drawing and doing tactile stuff just because I like the act of doing it. Like once I'm done, I don't care if, you know, someone sees it or even if I like show it to someone. Um, oh, really? But, no, yeah. I, I, as much as I, when I make a book, it's very much about me and my sensibilities. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that I can't understand if it's objectively something good or bad or, or this or that without at least my peers seeing it and being like, oh, this is uh, on the right track or something. Where, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not talking about... Frankly, Insta or like any social media is composed of mostly people you don't know, you know, um, saying if your thing is good or bad. So I'm not terribly concerned with that. But mm -hmm. I, I it does matter to me that, yeah, my peers and I feel on the same page and respect to respect, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think there's something really romantic about ye yellowing paper and... Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of, I don't know, you know, when you find like a grandparents, their stuff. And mm -hmm. even when it's not weird art books, there's some magic to it. Yeah. And so, I think it's just going to create more and more magical because uh, it'll be uncommon. So you have a stepdaughter now? Yeah. Okay. Are you interested in having additional children <laughs> it sounds like a like a survey or something or, or i'm ordering from um, could i interest seamless. you in more <laughs> yeah i am i am i'm okay. I've, be I've become increasingly human over the past decade oh, what's happening to you <laughs> oh it's very strange did it what happened it's it's since you moved Oh, I don't know. I mean, the West Coast? Yeah, yeah, it was, I had to get out of that place. Uh, well, I mean, unjokingly, it's somewhat related to that. Um, no, I also think there's, I don't like to be mechanistic about describing maturity, but I definitely think there's something to be said for, especially with artists. Like, I talk to a lot of them, and in their 20s, I think a lot of them are just subhuman. Like, they don't really develop at the same rate uh, as like a normal person and and at least for me i could get lost in in the practice and not really have emotions mm -hmm. but then for whatever reason many reasons i think like i could you know i'd like see a commercial when i'm in my 30s and it could make me cry for like a solitary tear you know very oh, yeah. a manly tear oh but, just one <laughs> yeah just one for the podcast, we'll say one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once a year. Um, or even the like... Super Bowl I, commercials. I, yeah, those get me. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I was welling up with emotion at the beginning of the new Miyazaki film because I just thought, oh, I, I will never get to see a new Miyazaki again fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I do think it's an active thing you have to do, right? Like I could have, I guess I could have stayed in a hole and just kept drawing comics and I probably <laughs> would be stuck in that that place I was stuck back then. Mm-hmm. But collaboration also, I think, is a big part of it. All these steps that, again, I think sometimes an artist talk, they sound ridiculous because they don't recognize like some real obvious things that like, oh, mm-hmm. working in a team is healthy or, mm-hmm. you know, having a social interaction can benefit your your mental health. But mm-hmm. I think collaboration for me, uh, whether with Neve or Jesse or or just anything related to understanding someone else's language mm-hmm. really opens you up again to your strengths and weaknesses and to being more graceful about disagreements. Of course, there's times where you you do feel you have to anchor down and and you stand by that one aesthetic decision. Mm -hmm. But all these things break you down or open you up in a way that lead to the path of actually being somewhat normal. And, Mm -hmm. And I also just wanted to reject the idea that I was a freak in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was no. more freakish then, I I think that sometimes that can be self fulfilling prophecy. You know, you limit you limit yourself. Um, I don't know. There's something weird, right? Like if you learn to draw real young, sometimes I feel like going back to that place uh, with a certain mentality is like a regression. So uh, I think there's a mature way to do it, and I hope I'm doing it now, but. Yeah, I, I think it's great that you worked on a show that you feel connected to mm-hmm. because I don't know if you can exceed that with a solitary project. Yeah. And but I think it's rare what you experience too, because I think a lot of people work on horrible cartoons or at the very least cartoons they don't connect with. And mm-hmm. and that's just part of the, the industry and the job. So being able to grow while doing a job, I think, is quite rare, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that's one of my strengths then, because I think I've also worked on some projects that I'm less connected to, but I find a way to make it fun and interesting for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately comes across with the final result and makes it maybe more appealing for people who maybe the content um you know doesn't interest but there's something there in the de- i mean i hope in the design that's you know appealing and interesting and yeah do you think fun and art you think it's important to have fun when you make art this is a I, this is a tough one i i do i think the one of the reasons i make art is because I have fun doing it and Mm. if I'm not I don't you know I don't want to do it I yeah I don't know I think a lot of artists have maybe not a lot but I know some artists like you know it's like I have to do it every day because you know I'm an artist and if I don't I'm not doing my job as an artist but I've never really felt that like if I'm 
kind of stuck or burnt out, I'll, you know, or unemployed, I'll go do something else for a couple months and then come back to it when it's interesting and fun again. I don't know. I don't like pushing through just because I feel obligated to. Um, right. You don't have the compulsion to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's a fun thing for me. And but at the I, same token, can you imagine not doing it? You know, in, in a sense of, uh, like, would, uh, could you be okay not doing it? Could you be happy not doing it? N no, just, like, I think I could be okay not drawing again if I could, you know, if I could, like, do embroidery or whittling or, you know, some kind of art. Like, I don't think the medium is important, but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think I would be happy never doing it again. Yeah, yeah, it's the generative thing that matters. But you also cook, yeah. right, if I recall correctly. I cook, I bake, yeah. But these are different, uh, what would you say, needs? I don't, I don't know. I think, there's, I think they're similar. I think, I mean, you're making something. Um, you have the ingredients or like the medium, and then you're combining them. And maybe they're a little less, uh, I don't know, generally I'm like following a vague recipe. So there's, they're a little more systematic than like, sitting down to a white sheet of paper and mm -hmm. drawing whatever I want. But I think ultimately they're kind of fulfilling the same need. Yeah. Yeah. Cooking might be the ultimate form of creation. Yeah. And then you get to eat it. And I love oh, other it. people get to eat it too. Well, and then they, and then they live. If I let them. <laughs> then they don't yeah. die. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. So that's a well. No, that's interesting. I do think you know everyone has a different relationship to the to making work. I personally feel sometimes that, and I don't know why, but the more I suffer, the the better the the drawing or the book can be. But mm -hmm. as I get older, and I don't know if it's a good thing, I definitely am, I like like the things I make more, and I don't know. It's it's almost concerning to me. Oh, why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's some weird sacrifice innate to making art where, like, you, you know what I mean? Like something has to be brought mm -hmm. to the altar, of even of mm -hmm. the viewer to the gods. And, and like that suffering is a reflection of that. And when you're having fun, it's it's more about you in a sense and the enjoyment of, of making. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't figured that out quite yet. Um, but I can say that, and I think this is common with people who draw, that usually in, their, in the first decade after school, you know, it's kind of grueling and uncomfortable when you're trying to, and stressful, you're trying to understand your own language. Mm -hmm. And then you develop that. And I suppose the new set of problems is like, how do you keep it fresh? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you relate to this notion. I do. But... I don't know. I think because I, I kind of dabble in a lot of different forms of art, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I'm trying to, how do I say this? I don't know. I feel like maybe if I was focused in one medium, I would feel that more. Because you're kind of yeah, seeing, yeah. yeah. 
it's like more of a linear progression you can kind of look back on. But I don't know. No, it makes sense. There's yeah. a more of a varied approach to your work. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm, I have some like ultimate goal I'm, you know, striving towards. I think it's more, I don't know. It's not as, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> I, I understand. We all understand. All of the, okay. all the listeners understand. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> and there's a lot. There's a really a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. There's <laughs> my mom. I know she'll probably listen. That's cool. Yeah. Your horse. Oh, he'll listen. What's his name again? Kirby. Oh, interesting. Um. Do you have an idea for a cartoon? Do you want to create a cartoon? Do you think it's stressful? Do you envy the creator of the cartoon? I have an idea for a short that I've had for a long time. You um, want to put it out there so somebody steals it? Nope. Okay. Can Mom, you... you can't have this one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I want to be a... Uh, I don't have an idea for a show or a movie or anything. So, no. You're just saying that so... So no one, I don't have to talk about no it. No one steals it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Again, like I like having kind of an assignment and constraints and being able to work within that. I think having something so open-ended is kind of intimidating to me. And yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't have anything other than the little short. But it would probably involve animals if you did, right? Yeah. I would say, probably. Because... The short does. I mean, you like animals. I do. How did you know? Well... You did your research, Yeah, I do a lot of research. (laughs) You got three dogs, a horse. uh, Yeah. You've worked on a a show about a horse and a bunch of birds. They're all birds, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. And... um, yeah. Did you have like a weird cat in uh, the Bay Area? Am I misremembering this? I had a rabbit, which is kind of like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, I mixed them up a lot. Oh, yeah, I remember that damn thing in that crazy room. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. How's he doing? He's, uh, she has she? since passed on. Um, she, yeah, she lived to be, I think, about 12. Uh, she was such a weird little little rabbit. Um, actually, when I got my dog, the dog and the rabbit didn't get along too well. So I found, um, I found a neighbor. She was like a teenage girl in my neighborhood who had two other rabbits, and she took um, she took my rabbit in for the last two years mm-hmm. of her life, and you know, sent me updates, and it was very nice. She's no longer with us, my weird little cat. <laughs> and tell me about these three dogs. Um, I have Lucy, mm-hmm. who's uh, the first dog I adopted um, six years ago or so. Um, and I also live with Doc, who's my boyfriend's dog. And then we adopted Cowgirl uh, about eight months ago. She was a foster fail. Um 
they're all very different. Uh, I'm a very, very sweet. I love them all. Do you still, you have a cat? You used to have a cat. Uh, my cat is called Ego, and he is, uh, he's brilliant. He's unbelievable. What's his? He's just so uh, fantastic. It's, it's just shocking to me how wonderful he is. He, he's just, I don't know. Does he solve riddles? What does he do? (laughs) No, he makes them. Oh, Which is far more impressive. Does he do the crossword? Oh, no, of course not. No. No self-respecting creature. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, he's indoor, outdoor, no litter box. He chooses to live with us. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he's doggish in his affection, oh, those are the which is the greatest form of cat. Agreed. He understands boundaries in the strangest intellectual way I've ever seen in a cat. He sits next to me when I eat dinner like he's a guard and he won't go on the table. It's very... Just on the floor next to you? No, like on a, like almost like a throne. I eat dinner on a throne. Oh, and he's like on the <laughs> arm of the throne next to you? It's like a wide throne, like gotcha, a bench gotcha, throne. Gotcha, hard, gotcha. To, hard to explain. Mm, doesn't um, sound like a throne. No. And no, I'm just, I'm shocked by his, and this isn't true for all cats. I've had many, but my, you know, I had Oof before, wonderful cat, unbelie- unbelievable cat. Beautiful cat. Probably still alive somehow. He's probably like 20 years old. Wow. And beautiful. No, I don't know if he's alive. He lives in Marin County. He really went up the ladder, you know, from Oakland mm-hmm. uh, to Marin, living in like vineyards. This guy. Beautiful. Good for him. Uh, no, but I too am shocked by the beauty of animals. But, and I've once ridden a horse. Um, How'd that go? Everyone has a. An interesting story. Cool. I mean, I respect a powerful creature that will get afraid of like a insect. A and, <laughs> it's, like, it's on. They're so weird, especially when you just start looking at them. Like you know, when you look at your hand and you can kind of start like disassociating. Oh yeah. Not not in like a stupid druggy no, no, no. way. Yeah, I get. But it. you look at a horse and you're just like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And why is it so strong? And then its legs are that, and they're. Truly, like, they should not be alive the way their bodies are constructed. It doesn't make any sense. The way their stomachs are, the way their little feet and legs are, they shouldn't, they just shouldn't be. So, it's their nature's marvel. Do you think all animals have the same personality spectrums? Meaning, like, you know. Huh. Well, like, I mean, let's, I think, like, a snake doesn't have that uh let's say mammals do you think do you think there's more complexity in the personality of a horse than a dog i don't know about more i'd say equal and i wonder if it also has to do with whether they're prey animals or kind of hunter animals like i think cats and dogs probably have more similar general personalities than probably horses because horses are prey animals uh, but yeah. Well, they, they eat they eat dogs, horses. Horses eat horses eat dogs. 
Oh, you really don't know anything about horses. <laughs> no, I actually, I'm, I, yeah, I thought they ate dogs. No, they ate mostly grass. Are you saying you think predators are more complicated? No, not more complicated, but I would say, I would guess that maybe their personalities are, like, predator animals' personalities are more similar within, like, that group. And then maybe prey animals' personalities Mm -mm. are more similar within that group. And do you own a cat or no? No cat yet. Mm. I have a list of animals on the fridge that my boyfriend and I have agreed to. In the near oh, future. really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's weird. I think he's afraid that I will just start hoarding animals, which I don't want to do. But we've agreed upon a list. And cats are on the list. What's, like, the most surprising animal on there? Um, An emu. Have you uh, heard of them? Yeah. Yeah. They're really good... Um, they're really good protect, like offering protection to other animals. Like if you have chickens, they'll kind of ward off coyotes and stuff. They're like tough, tough birds. And, and where you live, this this can all happen. No, no, this is future. So when you know, we plan eventually to move to some space with land and have a mini mini farm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm one of those go rural and eventually die type of people yes but will your paper be yellowed it will be yellowed (laughs) actually you draw on a tablet right i assume just like all animators you kind of have to right for work yeah 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 personal stuff i still do by hand it feels better doesn't it it does uh yeah I like the being able to touch it and move it around and put it away and then pull it back out and yeah. Spill water on it, oh, have always. flood damage. Yep. Things Coffee. like this. Yes. Have a dog eat it. That's fine. It is the way. So you need work and if anyone's listening. Yeah, mom. Get me a job, please. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have me do a children's book or art direct your next animated television show or anything. Draw your draw your crit- critter. Okay. Yeah. I think we I think we covered it all. I love it. In an hour. Succinct, inspiring. Not too rambling. No, no. I was so nervous, but this was this was wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, yeah. Good talking to you. Um, You have a joke for the people before we go. This one's always this always puts people in a tough spot. Do you end every episode with this? Oh, I used to, and then they just—I got demoralized because, like, people just the word the world is running out of jokes. But let's here, let's do this. Okay. I forgot. I think this is this will make you feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. What is an episode of Tuca and Bertie 
that best reflects who you are as a person? Oh, oh my gosh, sorry. Did you just fall? <laughs> <laughs> you moved my arm and I knocked something off the desk. Um, well, the reason I ask is like sometimes I have people who don't make as much like personal work or fine art. Mm-hmm. Like they're more, you know, working with team. Mm-hmm. And, but I think it's interesting for the listener to get the essence of someone via like an episode of, of a show you've art directed or, or a book, you know, something that, or even the BoJack Horseman. Hmm. Or hell, what's the best damn episode of the, of the show? I really love, um, in the last season, episode six, it's called Screech Leeches, um, and Birdie kind of goes back into her past in high school, Mm. um, and we're kind of revisiting, uh, a relationship she had in high school, and, um, I was really proud of what we did with the design team in that episode. And also I think it's really funny. And uh, if you haven't seen the show, maybe, I don't know, I'll start with that one, but that's a really good one to watch. I think. Okay. Screech leeches. Mm-hmm. Season three, episode six. So for the time being, this is the pinnacle in some ways. Oh, um, like in, in, in terms of your pride about art making, would you feel that about this episode? I think so. It's very, it's different. It's a different approach than a lot of the episodes. Um, but in a way that I think benefits the episode, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. uh, what I was trying to do throughout the whole show. Um, and this is the one that came to mind first. I'm sure the second I hang up, I'm going to be like, oh, it's just a it's okay. one, but that's what I'm going with. Perfect. And then your horse's Instagram? Yeah. Uh, follow and subscribe. Uh, follow Kirby. Follow Kirby. Follow Kirby. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll see you when I see you. Sounds good. Have, Have a, good a good night. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Music by Dory Bavarsky and Mingja Chen. Next up, we have Brian Durr. Have a good week.